Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair and beauty source and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today at www.arganissima.com. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our duty. Arganissima. Well, 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 good evening, good evening, and uh, welcome to iHealth Radio and the iHealth channel, Hurricane H here. Uh, today's uh, talk show is Innovate Talk Show Series, and we have, a, again, yet another special guest. As I always say, all my guests are special. <laughs> <laughs> I have Joan Melendez, and she's president and CEO of Accelerate UDI, and we'll know what that is. Uh, in a few minutes. Uh, and again, we'll talk about something that oh, that is obviously related to health and healthcare, and more specifically in the health tech and medical devices and recalls. She is actually with us right now live from Seattle, correct? I am in Seattle, Washington, yes. That's right, that's right. And so again, this is broadcasting right now uh, live, I think, on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, a few other places, and also on the radio. So you're watching you know please join in tune in and uh you know i'm going to try to get some good intel and uh you know some good um information about you know this particular aspect of health and so first as always we need to get to know our guest and so john can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background then we'll take it from there sure hi thanks so much for having me today i'm joan melendez and i am the president of accelerate udi uh, we're a unique third-party provider in the electronic health record industry. Um, we actually allow <clears throat> integration easily for the provider where we sit right on top of the electronic health record and are able to prevent the use of expired, recalled, or adverse event items um, during surgery. So um, it makes it super easy for the nurse to document this information. Um, we rely on the medical device barcodes, which was regulated um, to go into effect back in 2018. And we scan that barcode and we parse 13 data elements directly into the record. So it's, for us, it's all about safety and how could we impact um, patients um, so that they are no longer being implanted with recalled items or expired items. I've been in many operating rooms where I've seen um, both of those handed off to a sterile field and used on a patient. So um, it's all about prevention and making sure our patients are safe. Wow. Well, we're going to talk about that because you and I, you know, we've just talked about my, my, the case with my mother, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, how it all happened with her surgery. But, but so, so, but your background is, is in, you're working right now with the health and, and with the OR, but then right. your background is in technology. Right, my background is in technology. I'm one of those um, uh, strange adapters kind of uh, where I 
you know, when I was younger, I was like, how can I make an impact? What can I do? I would have loved to go into the medical field, but you know, blood, no, I, you know, I couldn't handle that. And the operating room is uh, actually very, um, very clean. Um, unless of course there's a, a huge bloody surgery, but for the most part, they're pretty clean. So, you know, just trying to figure out where I can make an impact and how I could, um, I'm 58. So, uh, when I first started looking at, into this, um, e EHRs were just starting to come out. So I decided to really specialize um, in being able to present a really good workflow for nurses in documentation and prevention of use of items. You know, if you really look at any legal uh, cases when they're going uh, um, into court for healthcare, a lot of it has to go, you know, boils down to documentation. Uh, attentiveness of that uh, patient during during surgery, then, you know, a lot of things get called into question. So when you're documenting uh, the use of a, a medical device, you know, so an implantable medical device, um, you have to document um, multiple data elements, you know, the serial number, expiration, the device name. So that all that takes your attention away from the field. And when your attention is taken away from the field, from the surgical field, that's when um, staple, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, that's when sponges and such get left in because, you know, you're, <laughs> you're delaying your counts, you know, so, it, you know, you, the circulator has a very important role in the operating room. So, um, you know, she needs to be able to do the documentation and she is the ears of that table to make sure if they need suture, if anything starts going wrong, she's listening for the the devices to make sure everything is humming along smoothly because you have the surgeon and you have the scrub at the field who are both sterile. And then you have the circulator doing the documentation and running around and, and making sure that she's handing off things to the field. And when you know, you're getting delayed and things are taking too long, there's a lot of risk that gets um, uh, introduced um, into a case. So you mentioned EHR as an acronym. So right, electronic health record, right. Electronic health record. Uh, people also call them the electronic medical record. When I first started out um, trying to figure out how I can create something um, that really would prevent the use of uh, defective items, I started um, really looking at it as a team. So I had a company called Team EHR and that really to me wasn't quite encompassing everything. I needed to in, involve the manufacturer, the, you know, the distributor, the, the FDA, <laughs> you know, and so that we could protect the patient, you know, and how could we do that smoothly, you know, by taking advantage of the UDI, the unique device identifier information that's encoded into the barcodes on all medical devices. So, and, yeah. And that regulation didn't go into effect until 2018. So, <laughs> well, that, that's why that's why I was going to ask. I mean, ultimately, there is a background to why this is now the new thing, right? I mean, we've heard about stories over the years, and you know, uh, in movies, you know, people are have devices left in them, right. you know, uh, to your point, bleeding sponges, edge, you blades, know, they, yeah, get, yeah. they get closed, and then they have to reopen. And and again, I mean, obviously, you know it's intense when you're in the OR and things like that, things can happen, you go wrong. Right. But prior to technology being added to this, this particular process, certainly things were not being monitored or at least not to the degree where you can have it real time and, you know, and, and be able to catch and, you know, 
inventory, whatever it is. Right. It was all done on paper before. But, you know, if we look back when we were on paper, we didn't have all these, that new word novel, you know, uh, <laughs> the, these new, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, the, but, you know, that's a, a term that's heavily used in um, the medical device industry, because if you have, you know, like, let's say if you have a Band-Aid, right, and the Band-Aid that you put on the skin has gone through the 510k process at the FDA and has been approved to use as a Band-Aid, you, you can reuse that 510k process as a novel use. And now all of a sudden you're an implantable device. Your device is being used on the bone internally. It's no longer a Band-Aid. It's something that is retained within the patient's body and dissolves. You know, so, and those aren't being tracked as a medical device when they should be because they're still being tracked as a Band-Aid. So there's a lot of things going on now, um, you know, that we really need to look at. You know, we were on paper, less devices, more devices, more surgeries, more risk. So I was looking at, at some of the recalls out there. And so obviously you're familiar with pretty much all the hot recalls today in the, the tech, yeah. you know, in the medical. Are there any ones that we should really like, you know, be looking on and, and kind of be worried about that we can share yeah. with the audience? Oh, for sure. You know, unfortunately right now we're having to deal with COVID. Right. And unfortunately we're having to do, <clears throat> deal with a lot of miscommunication surrounding this disease. Um, masks, uh, we're putting our healthcare workers at risk daily because 70% of PPE is not effective. When you're looking at an N95 mask, that is supposed to take out 95% of the particles, right? Uh, but um, they're being tested right now between 20 and 70%. That is, you know, and we can't do this to our healthcare providers. And it's because of the, um, you know, we don't make a lot of the PPE in this country. We haven't for years. It's been made in China. We knew back last year in the summertime that we were at risk at running out of PPE before COVID. But COVID hit, we ran out six months earlier, right? And then of course they've been using other type of masks that may not give the same or as close as, uh, you know, a good protection. Right, well, what we did, <laughs> one would think it'd be that easier, easy, but um, the government said anybody could make a, a mask so and can sell it to healthcare providers. They opened up what's called the emergency use authorization, the EUAs, um, lots of acronyms. Yeah, well, we <laughs> so, <gotta learn> more <laughs> yeah everyone Perfect. will get tested after this. Um, so when we're looking at those emergency use authorizations, um, you know, at the FDA, they've taken away um, manufacturers from the list that they are not allowed to sell in the U.S. But I still am finding these devices, and they're a device, their masks are a medical device. I'm still finding these on ancillary healthcare provider um, sites for sale for dentists. A dentist, oh my God, they're right in their face. They need that to be 95%. You well, know, yeah, an I, anesthesiologist, I yeah. yeah, you know, so we really need to protect our people more and we're, and it's really sad. And, you know, and if you look at the recall of the new, um, of, of the uh, items that have been accepted into the U.S. as an emergency use authorization, when you go to look at the recalls on the FDA website, which there are 
13 different recall databases on the FDA website. Wow. There are also two additional different places to look for items that came in through an emergency use authorization. So if you wanted to be proactive to see if something, if you were in danger of something that has been recalled, you have to look basically in 15 different places on the FDA website. And, and that's in just standard FDA, just uh, kind of Google. Well, FDA.gov, right, right, right. Recall items. Yeah. So we actually, because there's so much risk, um, you know, not only for the patients, but the healthcare providers, because, you know, when you're, when you're vetting a new product, right, mm -hmm. you want to be able to see, has it injured anybody else? You know, oh, you yeah. want to be able to, when you're introducing that to your, your, your family, because, you know, your patients in your community, they're going to be family members out there, right? So we always want to make sure that we're, you know, we're taking care of our family. So when we're looking at these medical devices, just like when we're looking to buy a new car, <laughs> you know, we're looking at all of the safety features, right? So we created uh, udiclearinghouse.com. And so that is one-stop shopping. So you can go as a healthcare provider um, at no cost. We are not charging our healthcare providers. They can go look up all of the, the recall adverse event um, information on any medical device. We've mined all the data from all of these different FDA databases and given the providers one place to go look at all these different data sets. Now you're obviously an independent company that, that's specializing in, in, in identifying these recalls and make sure that we have them you know, pretty much broadcasted where people can actually access them easier. Right, 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 right. And, you know, and what we're doing is, you know, we're working with the manufacturers and showing them, uh, you know, the FDA site, because, you know, a lot of the manufacturers, they want to do the right thing, right? Well, so sure. we're, we're showing them the problems on the FDA um, website, and how hard it is to communicate. And then, of course, they know this, they know how hard it is to, um, to manage a recall. I mean, you look at Allergan, the breast implants, they're missing 50,000 patients. How does one do that from a rec on a recall? So they are trying to identify these women and they can't. Because you know, there's no so trace or because there's no record? Because, because there's no the traceability. There's, you know, it, it's not been an important part of anything. You know, who knows what a UDI is? Who knows what a unique device identifier is? You know what a FIN is? I mean, I'm sorry, not a FIN, a VIN. You know what a VIN is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, so that this is the equivalent of a VIN, but for yes, you know, yeah, exactly, you know, a much, UDI. You know, yeah, so yeah, so every item that is created or being manufactured for the health yes. field will have some sort of a code that is integrated right. in their barcode. Right. And so whether it's a denture, you know, type of you know, like an implant or body exactly. implant, you know, knee, I don't know, something. Exactly. Uh, no, 2018, 2018, all implantable devices now have a UDI barcode on the packaging. They can, there's a, three different agencies, three different looks to the barcode. We actually also developed a free um, uh, learning uh, course for nurses and doctors. Again, it's, you know, how can we educate the masses? Um, we're giving away a lot of product, but it's, it's for the better good of being able to present good information, uh, accurate information and, um, you know, to protect our, our mamas and our papas. Now, now you, you guys specialize in the 
servicing of, of, of this information or the actual barcode themselves and the creating the UDIs in, you know, in conjunction with, with manufacturers? Yeah, so what we do is we're super unique in that we um, are able to work with any of the EHRs, so um, Epic, Allscript, Cerner, and our application sits on top of theirs in the operating room. And when a nurse goes to document that in, the, in that electronic record, all they do is they scan the manufacturer's barcode and our application reads that data. And then if it's expired, we present a warning saying, whoa, stop, it's expired. Um, same thing with the recall. Do you see the warning in the mm -hmm. background here? This is yeah. exactly what it looks like. Uh, it actually makes a sound in the operating room. The scanner vibrates. So if there's a major problem, we don't want them proceeding. We give them all the warnings. Um, and so with that being just you know sitting right on top of um, the electronic record, we put all that information, we parse all that information into the record. We also validate it against the FDA's uh, Good ID, uh, which is the uh, website where all manufacturers have to record their medical devices. So medical devices now have to be uh, with this unique device identifier. They have to have that barcode on the package. Mm -hmm. They have to have what's called a human readable component. So you know, with GS1, there's a, a 17 yeah, yeah. in parentheses, which is the expiration date. Um, and then they also have to report to the good ID. So we look at the good ID and we bring back all those data elements that are required as a certified electronic health technology partner. Um, so with the data, we're able to actually even, um, we had an instant where a patient traveled three hours, it was a child, traveled three hours to have an MRI, got to the hospital three hours later, was rejected because that patient, that kid had a medical device implanted that had metal. Whenever there's metal with an implant, yeah. you know MRI, if it's MRI unsafe, MRI conditional, mm -hmm. you, they, they, they turn it to a CT and they do different kind of imaging. So it's a big deal. So that patient was sent bye-bye because they didn't have that device that they needed to, you know, use on the child at that location. So, you know, if we're able to scan these medical devices right at the point of care, we're getting all this great information. Again, we're preventing expired recall and we're being able to present the nurse in the room, does this have latex in this? Because you never know, it could have oh, a little tiny, yeah, yeah, component of latex. So we'll be able to point that out. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, can the patient have an MRI? Once that patient has surgery, how is the next place going to know that that patient has a medical device that has metal? It takes MRI departments, radiology departments, three, four hours to vet their patients before coming in. Wouldn't it be nice to just be able to have a scanned That's right. list? <laughs> well, so, so you mentioned about like the, the instance of the OR and the nurse. Now, it sounds like the device and the alarm, whatever that, that sounds mm -hmm. as well as the, the, uh, the messenger, that's more of a fail-safe that you're already there. Exactly. Last minute, something happens. But now, is there any three steps, you know, to, uh, certainly it'd be ideal to have that problem, you know, you know, prevented from even beginning. Yeah, 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 yeah. So as wherever they're scanning the medical devices, um, you know, ours is, uh, you know, we build the case carts with our device as well. They can do inventory with our device. Again, it's ours is really simple. There's no build. 
um, a hospital can go live in a matter of days with our application and really see um, a significant amount of uh, uh, return on it, not only from you know, looking at um, what they have in stock and what their expiration dates are, you know, because a lot of times, you know, it's not like the grocery store where people are really careful about putting it in, um, you know, the last one That's in. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it I mean? It can be just somewhere in a box. That's it. It could be in the middle. <laughs> I yeah, found expired just... items right in the middle. I've walked out with bags. I mean, black, those big black, back, black garbage bags full of expired medical devices. From, I have from, from two, hospitals? Yes, I have two big tins right here full <laughs> of them that I use right. for testing. Wow. <laughs> well, so, so question. I know you mentioned two, 2018 was when the, the regulation actually was implemented, I'm assuming. Yes, right? yes. Yeah. Now, that was on the manufacturer that, side. I, I know. So, so you'd sound like you're like, oh my God, right? So <laughs> yeah, yeah, 2018 yeah. is only two, two years ago, but, but yeah. you know, it, this is not new. I mean, obviously the problem has been in existence and technology is not fairly new, but I think it took all this time to get it, you know, passed yeah, legislation and, and implemented. And regulated. we're not there and we're not there. We're, we are we're so there. far not there yet. Yeah. So in 2018, it went into um, the regulations for UDI went in for the manufacturer. So technically the way it reads is the manufacturer is responsible for that medical device from manufacturing through disposition. What is disposition? use, waste, expiration. Do they ever know those three? Never. So let's say that we use waste, expiration. Yep. Or, or recall. Or recall. So, um, you know, that's the manufacturers really responsible for that. But in practice, they do not know any of that. So who is there? They know what they sold. Sure. And they have the inventory and all that. But then again, you got, you know, is there a secondary market for products that can still make it to hospitals and, and clinics and so on and so forth? Oh, well, you know, the problem is, you know, when you look at these, these, the lack of real, I mean, it's regulated, but it's, it's implied, right? My well, biggest thing is this is right there. It says it right there in the FDA. It says, you know, how it's supposed to be tracked, but you know, it's, it's on the healthcare provider to also track well, it. So in 2019, the Here CMS. We go. Better, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> CMS. Oh, my, my dear friends. <laughs> said that you have to parse this data into the record. And in the future, we may increase data elements and we're going to want it on the claim in the future. Oh, so but they because, can through. Yeah, but because it's in the future, even though there's a regulation by the ONC, the Office of Natural Coordination, um, which is another government agency saying that first time I hear about them. Oh yeah, yeah. So they're really important. They're they created the um, interoperability. Have you heard about that? Promoting interoperability? No, I mean this is exactly what today oh, is about. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, there's so much. Oh my goodness. Um, promoting <laughs> promoting yeah. interoperability is super important. Um, it used to be called meaningful use. Um, everything has to change because we have to get people to, you know, adopt. <laughs> sure. So meaningful use, which is now promoting interoperability for the operating room went into effect really in 2019 for the implantable device list. And that's where these 13 data elements that if you're certified, you're supposed to be able to parse forward facing to the patient. I can tell you that we are 
the only ones that do all of those data elements. We go from step one down to step five and we are able to, to satisfy and pass every single one of those actions. The problem is, is CERT certification is self-attesting. Oh, that's easy. <laughs> I'm just being funny about it. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, seriously, it's, 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 it's wild. We made sure our application does do all those steps um, using um, the devices that are out on the market in the field uh, at hospitals. So, um, but a lot of the major EHRs on the market do not do the full, you know, everything that's said in that regulation. But what they tell their clients is it's not measurable. Okay, whatever that's worth, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So meaning, you know, uh, hospital document however you want until you get caught, they're not going to do anything. And then they really didn't say what they're going to do. So it's not measurable at this point. Well, I mean, like I'm familiar to similar pro, you know, processes and how things happen over time with legislation. I mean, in the insurance and the managed care, you know, I've seen it kind of evolved over the last 30 years. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure as this, you know, evolves in the future and, you know, there's more technology and more involvement, it will get better and better and better. And that get to a point where it becomes real, like, you know, state of the art and like you can't miss, but until then you're right. I mean, it's gonna be what it is. I mean, it's gonna take time. Exactly. And that's where, you know, we come into play and, you know, we're able to um, satisfy that, that, that major hole in the market, you know, yeah. and then, then we're able to also prevent you know, when, when they're using a device in the field, the other thing that we do is let's say, um, and this happens, uh, unfortunately, uh, too many times uh, to count, um, mm -hmm. where a device, a, a stapler, for example, will misfire. You want the manufacturer to know about that misfire immediately, because what could it, what could it be? Um, you know, in the last set of recalls, it was where the teeth were misaligned because of a, a machine that they were able to tr trace back to a lot number. Had the hospital been able to immediately notify the manufacturer of these misfires or these problems, they would be able to start looking and resolving these issues much faster. So that's the other thing our app does is not only do we prevent the use of the item and we parse all the data when it's a good item, because most of the time it is good. Oh, um, yeah, sure. You know, <laughs> so most of the time it is good. So is plenty yeah, of exactly, exactly. So when um, when there is a problem, they're easily able to just communicate that on because they're not doing the work. Our application does in the background. We they answer two simple questions and then we send it off to their risk management team and also the FDA and also the manufacturer. So, so it notifies all the parties and then basically the documentation is, is made right. and then next steps in, will- Right, in real time. Place. So that way the manufacturer can start looking, hey, look at, we're starting to get way too many uh, uh, misfires on this device with this lot number. Let's look at the machine and see what's going on there. But now, I mean, we're talking about in just in the nation, 50 states, um, some other outer you know, islands and uh, you know, uh, a lot of devices in all different you know, areas. Uh, and it could be in a, in a DME, it could be in, in, in a doctor's office, it could be anywhere. So yeah, yeah. And you how know, does and we, that inventory control happen right now? Yeah, so it's all, everything's manual. Everything's so manual. 
But, um, you know, in the doctor's offices, um, they're really not do, doing as many implants. Yes, they need to check to make sure that their items are recalled. You know, so, you know, one of the things that we're doing uh, with that UDI clearinghouse is um, we're going to allow a provider to upload their items, you know, just to see, just to do a check against all of the recall data, all of the adverse events. You know, we've opened up our application so that if a hospital is, is trying to vet that product um, to bring it in, they're able to go to one place to look up all the adverse events on that product or that medical code, you know, because if, it, if it's not that product they're trying to bring in, maybe they're trying to bring in something, you know, that is made by multiple manufacturers, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So they can go one place to UDI Clearinghouse and look at everything to see if it's been recalled or, or have any adverse events. Now, you mentioned earlier, we were talking about the masks, right? We talked about a lot of them yeah. are produced, were produced overseas. Now, yeah. I'm pretty sure that that goes along with other you know, type of implants and, and things and devices used in the US. Yes. <laughs> if you really look at the um, uh, most of the, the medical device manufacturers, um, you know, some of them used to be in this country or are now really uh, have a lot of their manufacturing in, in, in China. Um, there's a, you know, Sweden, Israel, there it's all over the place. Um, that's why, you know, when we're scanning those medical devices, we're validating that manufacturer. We're validating that that manufacturer is authorized to sell that device in the United States. I had one the other day where the rep for um, this one manufacturer was so upset with me. He's like, you're telling the client wrong information. I'm like, okay, let's do this. Why don't you go and grab that medical device? It's a guide wire. I'm like go get grab the box for the guide wire. I have the labeling here, and let's compare and let's read the label together. Um, and yeah, you, um, went, you went really hands on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he did, you know, under his chagrin, he did not want to, you know, go through this exercise with me because it's his product, so he knows his product. And I said, okay, now flip over the package. Look at what it says. It says it's made for your company. Made by this other company, company and this other company and he's like well i didn't know that i'm like well it's your device you should <laughs> wow oops that's a big oops so 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 the question then you know products come like you said from all over the world uh, and yep. they are basically imported in you know to the us so certainly they go through the uh i guess the customs and is there a protocol there that actually kind of tracks anything at that point or no i want to they make no. it to the, the actual hub and then gets distributed. That's when they get basically inventory, you know. Uh, they I come guess. in, they come in packaged and already sterile when they're coming into the States. So I don't know about that, uh, how they actually um, do all that, but I do know that they're already, you know, in the sterile packaging. And then once they're in, how do they get, I guess, log, logged in, in in the US in terms of like, you know, they log them out from wherever they're, you know, because it's it's the company that's selling the medical device into the US. So they're logging them out, they're tracking them, you know, throughout through their inventory process until then, it gets distributed to a distributor or to a hospital. And then they'll they'll get their inventory and then they install it. But then yeah. but they have no well now they do with with the UDI and you know the, the right. ability to actually scan and 
and against you know the FDA regulations and all the the different you know yeah I guess but only if they would do that but yeah so in, in, in the few in our future world um, we'll be tracking that down to the lot number because right now you know when there is a recall if our clients purchase that item from the medical device manufacturer I'm able to trace the exact everything if the you know the hospital bought a hundred items right. I should be able to account for those hundred items. When That's I buy it, when they buy it through a distributor, I can't account for those items because I know how many I bought, but I don't know how many of what lot numbers were involved in that purchase. So we're still missing so much information um, when we're when we're not buying something directly from the manufacturer. All right, so so let, let's just, if you don't mind, just give us a little bit of a a very easy step-by-step, -step, you know, we'll take one item that's a manufactured mm -hmm. locally and how, how does that transit in, in, in the timeline to the manufacturer, you know, from, from start to finish, if, if that, if that can Yeah, help. so um, I'm not an expert on the manufacturing side, but sure, I can sure. tell you <laughs> what, what, you know, how I've talked to um, uh, the count, my counterparts in the manufacturing field. Um, you know, they basically, you know, there are some in the States that are made here locally. So if they are made in the States, they just do all their sterile stuffs, throw them in a box, everything sterilely wrapped. The UDI is attached at that point um, when they're during manufacturing after it comes out of the sterling process. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, their packaging is all designed well prior. It, uh, you know, it depends on the device. Some devices are serial number driven. So that means there's only a one-to-one -one relationship um, there could be a lot number where there's a, a many to one. So that's identified all on that packaging, right? When they're, when that's being created, then um, it sits in a warehouse until it's sold to a hospital um, and when it's ordered. So, you know, in the event of a, you know, a, a total knee or something like that, um, the components are ordered from the hospital and then they're shipped out. Um, if we're using, you know, one particular manufacturer that I love, uh, uh, which is uh, Johnson & Johnson, actually, they have a really good tool that allows you to really trace everything. So I know exactly down to that lot number, down to that serial number, what was shipped, when it was shipped. But not all systems are like that. Well, we hope that soon and soon enough, yes. right? Yes, exactly. exactly. So earlier, you and I, we talked about medical records, and I think you mentioned about the EHR and stuff. So yes. what should be on the medical record other than, you know, yes. uh, just the basics? I mean, in terms of this is right. relevant only to all implants or any devices that are being given to the, the patient or the, well, the patient pretty much. Right. Well, we're circling back down to promoting interoperability. So what's required now by law is that you have all of your record that is um, interoperable so that if you go to a hospital out here in Seattle, when you come to visit me, everything from your New York hospitals are, are um, sure. easily accessible. So that's what you should be doing. And it should be, if you're using an implant, it should be based on the, in, on the uh, interoperable, um, the um, interoperable awesome. device list, implantable device list, sorry, <laughs> the implantable so, device list. So then so it's the, actually accessible across the board at any yes, particular location yes. in the States. Yeah, every patient, the minute you're discharged, you should request your records. You should know what was documented, not just what was verbally told to you. 
I always tell my friends and family, <laughs> I'm a nag. I am a naturally born New Yorker, you know, the, the naggy Puerto Rican. Make sure that you get your medical records. It's so important because you want to know what happened. If you start having fevers after, um, you know, a surgical event, why? You know what I mean? Could it be because maybe they left a sponge uh, maybe the cement was recalled and that's one of the adverse events that they look for. You need to, you need to be, you know, be your own best advocate, you know, and again, that's why, you know, with UDI Clearinghouse, we're able to, you know, help the providers, but we're also working with those adverse events so that if a patient has an adverse event, we're really recommending that they use another um, application called Track My Solutions and go register your medical devices with them because they will help, help track your medical devices and it's free for the patients. So, you know, it, it's all about how can we protect our patients? Yes, and again, that is, I mean, the, the forum here and the, the platform is about, you know, education to the public and the patients and in the healthcare. And this is obviously a big thing. The reason I was laughing, because when you said you have to get your records right away, I laughed at myself because I, I find out my, my mother's records seven years later. So right, <laughs> yeah. years later. So so just take it from me, take her advice. You need to do that right away to identify yeah. any issues. Otherwise it's too late. At the point you realize something went wrong. Uh, and luckily in my case, there's no, uh, you know, it was not that, you know, dangerously, you know, uh, <laughs> extreme, right. but, but, you know, everything went well, but, but, for some people, it could be just life-threatening. It could be something more serious that can just be not uh, fixable. In, in a, right. In yeah. Right. I mean, look at the breast implants. You know, three more women have died. You know, they've been reporting um, uh, adverse events really heavily since 2011. And the FDA on their website used to say that after a few, we'll go ahead and research this. But they've removed that verbiage. Um, so, you know, how, how can we, you know, protect, um, you know, vulnerable people because, you know, there's, they're coming out with what's called a black box warning now on breast implants, but who's going to see that? The doctor, <laughs> the, the, the patient is rarely going to see that black box warning and the doctor knows the risks with medical devices and patients. Well, I mean, it's a foreign object that's going to your body. So there's always exactly, a risk. Exactly. But, but you know, so you do know that, you know, your body can reject it. I mean, that's exactly, that's you can have thing. a different reaction. Like with me, I, you know, I would keloid up, you know, I could not have anything foreign going into my body because my body just doesn't like anything. I can't even wear earrings, you know, so you right. have to see, you know, what, how your body is just because it's good for one person. It's not good for another. Love yourself. Take well, care of yourself. Not true, but typically doctors will, you know, request all the different medical clearance and from the primary doctors and, you know, any history. But again, but that's not 100. No doctor is going to get 100 guarantee. That's a fact. Right. And it depends, you know, some some surgeons, um, you know, are surgeons. Well, again, but when, <laughs> when you go to surgery, you do sign a waiver. I mean, you know, there's always a you know, a lot of stuff that, you know, can go wrong. That, and, and again, they do their best. I mean, we're not yeah, they do their best. They do. They're yeah. going to do their best to save life. They're going to do their best to get you, you know, but they will never guarantee everything. Because again, it is not something that they made themselves. They, they, it's purchased, it's available. 
right, it can save right. your life or sometimes you know in some rare cases it can be a problem right uh, right even those is, ports you know when when you're talking about um access ports mm -hmm. you know uh the vascular access ports the cleaning and and the care that has to go around them and the reporting that should be going back and forth you know, again, you know, that's why we're, we're working with Track My Solutions so that, you know, we can have patients reporting even that type of an adverse event so that they can notify their doctors much quicker and notify the manufacturers that is it a problem with the patient or is it really a problem with the device or reaction to some new plastics that they're using in the device because you never know. Now, your service is, is obviously public, I'm assuming. Well, you know, it's a private company, but but it's servicing everybody. The access, the data, and all the stuff is available. Yes. Uh, you, but you work specifically with the providers. We work with the providers and the manufacturers. So what we do with manufacturers now with UDI Clearinghouse is we help them clean up their data. Because if you look at the FDA, the 13 different recall databases on the FDA, if you look at the days from initiation, so when the manufacturer originally said that we're recalling this product, how many days is acceptable to be posted on the FDA website? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, so it should be like, you know, like food. Food is within 24 hours. Um, not so with medical devices. Uh, averages a few months before they're posted. Which means they could have been used in so many so, other you know, patients. So many times, right. Because a lot of hospitals rely on that posting to the FDA database. Yes, the manufacturer did send out a warning to the hospital, but sometimes it's sent to the wrong department and it's mailed. There's no electronic notification of recalls right now. Ours is the first one. So with UDI Clearinghouse, we're working with the manufacturer so that we can immediately notify hospitals of the recalled event. That's why we're offering the application to hospitals for free. All they have to do is sign up and they're able to get instant point of care or you know real-time care notifications of recalls instead of waiting the you know whatever amount of time that it takes to get posted. Now you obviously just not service only the US, you international? Yes, yes, yeah. So We're, how does it work with the other countries that you guys service in terms of this? And does that communicate with our database? In case, let's say a US citizen is traveling and they do some sort of a transaction there and they have a, a last minute emergency implant or something, right? And, right, uh, right. As long as, you know, and that's why we wanted to, how can we, again, protect the patients internationally? Patients need to be their, their own best advocate and they should sign up with Track My Solutions and anything they have implanted they should record. Again, if you get your, your records immediately when you're in, when you're somewhere else, if they're not, you know, part of the promoting interoperability, you know, you can at least record your medical device information um, on that platform and um, that lives with you. So, you know, and again, these medical devices are sold internationally. So um, though there are different regulations now coming into play um, on unique device identifiers, um, you know, in the EU, in the UK, you know, just Canada, everywhere, um, you know, we do have that one common thing, the medical device identifying number, mm -hmm. um, and we're able to use the different data sets internationally to see if it's been authorized for use in that country as well. Well, I mean, it, 
in a way, it's, it's very you're using the same concept of like when you said barcodes and, and UPC codes and things like that. I mean, those are right. unique identifiers for products, but but in this case, it's specific, specific designated to to uh, devices that are medically necessary for implants. Right, right, exactly. UDI, unique device identifiers. A UPC is is more like something on a Coke can. Correct. Yeah. Um, and then we also have the UPCs on the on uh, the medication. That's right. So uh, the the app itself for, for the patient. Uh, well, it's not an app. When you say they have to register in the uh, care solution, is that? Uh, yeah. Right? So it's track my solutions. Track my solutions. Um, yep. But it, it's, it's a way for or an app. It's an app. Um, it's an app for your phone. It's an app. I love it because it's. Awesome. Yeah. So so it's basically everybody can literally download that and have it. Just especially if they they're gonna undergo some sort of a surgery or some sort of implant. Yeah. Uh, or have any device you know in their body. Now right. these devices can go from a cataract. I'm assuming to anything, everything, whatever you have that's foreign in your body, should be recorded, including a bullet. Serious. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, if you have a bullet in your body. Um, that can cause problems when you go to have an MRI. Oh, you know, yeah. uh, well, believe so. it or not, that, that, that may be a case. Some people, are, <laughs> they do live with those, so. Yeah, yeah, some, some, some of our yeah. veterans, you know, unfortunately still have shrapnel in them, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but in this way, again, you know, if you have that device registered, you know, you're gonna go for an MRI. You can go to your phone, look up your devices and go, oh, it says it's MRI conditional. I should tell somebody about that. You no. Now, is there a, I know we kind of asked this a little bit earlier, but so there's no one really going, you know, from, from one hospital to the other and checking all the inventory, like doing like audits and spot checks and things like that, just random. So no. there's none of that. No. I'm probably the only one that goes and does that, to be honest with you. But, but you do it of, as part of the, the connection. You're trying to get them all to, to adopt. The yeah, I'm just trying to show them, you know, what, the, what, how powerful this little tool can be. Go ahead and see, that's and, good. We, we can display that, yeah. And, you know, the beauty with, you know, what, the way we've programmed it is, um, you know, they can go in and uh, do a complete, what they call the internal core of the operating rooms. They can scan all the medical devices in that core um, in a matter of, you know, you know, a few minutes to hours, depending on how much inventory they have, and be able to get, you know, produce themselves a really nice list of everything that includes expiration dates. That, you know, they'll be able to pull the items that are expired. They'll be able to pull the items that are recalled, all by just going in and scanning. And right now, because of COVID, we're offering our inventory module for free to any healthcare provider so that they can make sure that they're protecting themselves and their staff and their patients. That's all hospitals. Any hospital, all they have to do is contact us. We have, you know, our the, the module that we, you know, use in the operating room to prevent the use of recalled and expired items and parsing the, the electronic record. That's that's where we that's what we sell. You know, but we're able to give away um, some of our products um, in order to help us through this this time as well. And do you guys like interact with, I know you interact with the provider side. Do you also interact with some, somehow the, um, the payer side, insurance companies? We actually companies? should, right? Because one of the things that we do, um, because we're scanning every single thing that's going into the patient's body. So when they're doing their nursing documentation and then they scan all of the items that they're using, 
um, and even the items that they're opening to the field that they're using for the surgery, they can scan all those items as well. Um, and then we can produce, you know, an itemized um, use report on every case. And, you know, and again, since we're sitting on top of the EHR, it's putting it in the medical record, we're able to at the point of care, you know, at the time of service, give those important reports to the supply chain staff and the charging staff. So everybody knows what's going on. We're able to identify when items aren't part of the, what's called the item master. So it's not part of their inventory. Let's say, uh, you know, a rep brings something in that they've never used before. How do we know about that? We know about that usually three or four days later when we're already past billing and trying to figure out how to recover that $6,000 bill that we just got at the hospital. You know, so we're able, you know, by looking at those scan devices, you know, and it's easy. We're using the medical device manufacturer's barcode. We're not putting anything on. That's why it's so easy for our application to go live so quickly. Wow. That's a lot of information. I know. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm still trying to get a handle on it, but, but, you know, the good news is this is all live and recorded so we can always listen to it again and, and just kind of absorb it. I think the second, third time we might catch more, more of the details, yeah. but. Um, and we can always have another conversation. That's right. That's right. You're always going to be welcome on the show. And um, so, so um, any last um, advice, you know, I know you've talked about, you know, get your app and make sure you register anything yeah. that you ever get your records. What yes. else? Yeah, get your records. I, you know, um, always, always get your records. Be your best advocate. Um, stay safe. Wear a mask. Please wear a mask. They do save lives. So um, how but, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I didn't mean to cut. That's a big, important topic. So finish it up. Yeah. So, you know, but again, when you're wearing a mask, if you're wearing a cloth mask, um, the, the best way to test how your mask is, is really to try to see if you can blow out a candle. If you can blow out a candle, that mask is not really doing much to protect you. Well, you said so, okay, the, you the know, N95s are still not 95%. Yeah, so, you know, and, and then look, you know, and you have to go to our website, UDI Clearinghouse, um, to see, you know, uh, you know, where you can go see a complete list of, of everything that's recalled. If not, you'd have to go to the COVID section um, for the, some COVID stuff or the EUA, the emergency use authorization component to see if items are there that are recalled. They're not in one place. That's the danger, you know, yeah. and just, you know, stay distance, you know, six feet apart. Um, you know, I was, I had several exposures this last week because I was in an operating room. So, you know, again, you know, hand washing, you know, Take care of yourself. Take care of your family and friends by wearing a mask, hand washing. Thank you. That that's a very important, uh, I guess, advice. Especially, this, the cases are still around. Then COVID is not over with yet, and uh, we don't know how this winter is going to look like. So you know, again, the risk is still real, and uh, yes. you know, we just have to do the due diligence and make sure that we uh, we follow the the basics. And then if you do get admitted, make sure you get your medical records always after any admission get your medical records so that you can read and see exactly what happened to you so that you know if you had a partial removal of something or a full removal. Because it's, it's you know, you'll be able to see why am I not recovering as well. If they missed margins, I had a friend who had some cancer removed and they ended up nicking the margins and she ended up getting more cancer because it's spread. So you always want to get those medical records. Wow. So for our providers out there, if they wanted to, I guess, 
reach out to you and, and kind of be part of the network and have access to your devices and, and, and technology. How can they do that? They can reach me at joan at accelerateudi.com. It's X-C-E-L-R-A-T-E-U-D-I.com. And you know, we're there for you providers. Um, we're a phone call away. I love to talk. Um, so uh, we'd be more than happy to, you know, walk you through even looking at your, your um, medical devices and, and any, you know, vetting process that you're going through or any recall processes that you need to strengthen. Uh, we're definitely there to support you. Well, Joan, it's been real. It's been informative. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much I, for your I time. I hope that the audience has enjoyed, you know, the content, the fun, and and really uh, is taking this, you know, as as a, a real, you know, fact that most of us would not even think about on a normal day. But not everybody is going with an implant. But you never know when you're going to need one, or someone in your family is going to have some sort of an implant in their body. And uh, you know, exactly. most. Uh, Listen, to your point, it could be a cataract, it could be a, a dental implant, it can be uh, a crown, it can be something that is- It can be a port, you know, where you're getting medical medicine in. Look at our kids, you know, that are, that are going through cancer treatment. They have medical devices implanted. Oh, really? I see, that's, I wouldn't, I, I, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. yeah, so, yeah. So again, it could be a lot of cases. So the key here is be aware. Um, again, you have all the information on this video. Uh, I will get some more details from, from Joan in terms of, you know, the contact information, put it on the site. So, and, and on the videos, uh, you know, uh, uh, information. So again, uh, you have access directly to her. She's and her team, uh, they're available. It's a great, you know, service and uh, certainly does great for people and saves, could save lives in, 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 in yes. a nutshell. Yes, we have saved lives. Yeah, the yeah, item that's behind me um, was getting handed off into the field. It was cement. You can't take cement back out. So that well, like like this is like a human cement type of thing, like in the yes, body. Yes. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Wow. Yeah. Okay. A recalled item. It's some some can't be taken out. So what happens to a person that has that? I'm sorry. I'm, we just we just yeah yeah. So no. So you know it's you know a recall device. Sometimes they just monitor these things to see if you're developing any of the symptoms. So but because it was recalled, you know, and they scanned it on the way to the field, it was just recalled that morning. So we were was, able to was, prevent it from being open. Oh, okay. So you caught it on in, in right in time. Right but in time. But had it before, it's too late. There's nothing you yep. can do. No. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, see that that that's a big deal, and and you know that it's a good yeah. it's a good thing that we close with that one because <laughs> yeah. I didn't know about that, and I'm sure anybody that's watching this 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 episode here would not know that you know yeah. there are devices that you cannot take back. I mean, yeah, you, we can have a whole another segment on recall devices, and maybe we should. <laughs> we should. Yeah, listen, I'm down, and and I think you know we'll definitely you know have more room for that. Uh, yeah, so let's let's lock that one. We'll talk about another session, and you know we'll talk a little bit more other pieces of, of the, the discussion here and maybe we can just maybe list some devices and what they do and where to what to look for so people that may have some of these procedures know that they have to a higher risk at least know the risk before you go you exactly know? exactly so. yeah i mean one more thing <laughs> you know it's just like when you're going to have a, a new knee implanted are you having that whatever the doctor is using is it's because it's something that he's used to using or is it because of your activity there are different knee systems. So sure. what's the best one for the patient may not necessarily be the one that the doctor is familiar with using. Because they, they pretty much have been only approached with some devices with some, you know, right. uh, I guess medical device companies, but not maybe others. 
Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming doctors also do some some due diligence to to identify what's the hottest, you know, uh, stuff, especially if they specialize in, uh, like, let's say, knee surgery and things like that. They would know. But but to your if point, they're allowed to, you know, some hospitals are restricted by their purchasing departments. Oh, that's right. I forgot. I mean, I'm thinking more like of an individual doctor who does this, like maybe an orthopedic, you know, yeah. surgeon, as opposed to, to your point, if you're in a major hospital and you're the hospital doctor that you're just basically a salary doctor, you're not going to have any information on that. I mean, I'm yeah. certainly they do conferences and, you know, trainings and yeah. things, but well, again, yeah. you know, again, for all providers watching or listening, I mean, it's, if you didn't know, this is an opportunity to, to maybe, you know, reach out and learn, you know, about how to, to get better at it. And if you did, I mean, that's great. And hopefully that, you know, um, there will be no issues and that's it. So, um, Joan, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> you know, we've spent almost an hour just about, um, and that it's been good for me. I learned a lot and I, I hope that again, the uh, information is out there and it will be, uh, replayed so people can really get access to it. We'll definitely have a second come back and, and discuss more and maybe go and we'll discuss more of the the the, the breakdown of the the session today was more of a, a generic uh, general discussion uh so um i'd say thank you and for you uh audience watching uh or listening on the radio thank you for watching thank you for listening in uh and uh, we'll be talking soon hurricane h here have a great night bye-bye have a great day